We waited and waited on Tuesday, but the notification never came in that the Chargers have signed Jim Harbaugh, but it's not time to panic yet because the deal is reportedly when and not if. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for eight seasons together, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, to the everydayers for making us your first listener today, especially as we're all on Jim Harbaugh watch and we were up late seeing if it would all happen. But to make sure you don't miss it when that moment comes, when that live show hits, Go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Well, Daniel, there's been plenty of reports out there that now say that the Chargers are in negotiations with Jim Harbaugh for him to be the next head coach. That is very exciting. Obviously, it has not happened yet, but seems like it could be happening very soon. It could happen as you're watching this show right now. We do not know as of this moment, but one of the funniest things in the NFL happened yesterday as well. And of course, that was former general manager of the Chargers, Tom Telesco, going over to the dark side and becoming the general manager of the Raiders, pairing up with first time head coach Antonio Pierce. And then we're going to talk about wouldn't it be a little bit nicer if you could get Brock Bowers and trade back and get a couple extra picks? I mean, I think that sounds pretty good to me. Sounds great to me, and that's what, you know, we wanted to get to a Chargers mailbag today, too, because we weren't sure what was going to happen with Jim Harbaugh. So a little Jim Harbaugh news, but we do have your guys' questions to get into as well. But today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use the code all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Still waiting. <laughs> that's where we're at right now. And the Jim Harbaugh impatiently waiting. We got a ton of reports that the meeting was happening in Los Angeles today. All of the things that you wanted to hear, but we we didn't see is the Chargers actually finalize things. And I think there's a lot of ways to look at it. But the latest report from a notable person was probably Mike Garofolo, who said it's feeling like, yeah, when and not if I had a few people say if it's not going to happen late on Tuesday, which is as we're recording this super late at night. Look for it potentially early on Wednesday. So we're holding a vigil here right now for Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers, thinking it could come at any moment. So, David, it didn't get done on Tuesday, but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. No, it absolutely does not. And, and another report came out from Josina Anderson said, I'm told discussions with Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers are now underway as I type this, uh, that one. And also, I think one of the things that really kind of got me excited uh, as part of the Garofalo quote um, of that video was that the conversations now are about staffing. It's about who the GM is going to be. Uh, of course, that's going to be someone who is going to fit well with the personality type that Jim Harbaugh brings to the table. And yeah, if it doesn't happen late Tuesday, which you know it, it has, has not happened, it could happen early Wednesday. And I just hope that I am available as quick as possible <laughs> so I can come home and do that emergency podcast and celebrate with all of you guys out there that we have the head coach that we all want. Yeah, and I have no doubt it'll be our biggest show ever when it hits. So hopefully you guys can be here with us to join for that show. We will get it out to you ASAP after the news breaks. That's our promise to you. But yes, as far as what, how it's going and how long it's taking and all of those things, like just because it's a long 
interview doesn't mean it's a bad thing or a long meeting, right? Justine Anderson also insinuated right. that they were all going out to dinner, right? That's another part of it. So it seems like it went well into the night. There's been a thousand, you know, reports from people, people following people in their car and, you know, to restaurants and checking hotels and valets and like, it's been total insanity. If the excitement right? level was uh, was was something you did not know about, then it is very very real. Everyone and their mom wants to know about this situation with the Chargers and Jim Harbaugh. It's just like, hey, time to go. Like it's it's <laughs> yeah. time to see it. Like that's just where everyone's at at this point. And it'll probably drop early in the morning potentially, right? But it doesn't feel like it's less likely to happen, even though it didn't happen on Tuesday. And I think that's the main takeaway here is, hey. Things are taking time. There's a lot of things to iron out. We knew he was going to be involved in not only bringing his own staff, but also having a huge input into who the general manager is going to be, right? And I think when you're actually talking about the deal itself, you have people saying, you know, Mike Garofalo is saying, hey, my understanding is that's an extremely strong offer that they have made to him financially. Now they're talking about staffing, general manager, all of those things. And you also have Albert Beer saying, hey, the deal is within striking distance of getting done. So it's just like, hey, we're in a holding pattern right now, and we easily could see it, David. Like, Wednesday yeah. could be the day that it happens. Well, and also, Daniel, like, the one thing we have not heard is that the second interview has concluded, that it was finished, that it's Or that done. they have any other interviews, right? Like, there still exactly. hasn't been anything that's leaked out that the Chargers have lined up any second interviews with any of, you know, the 10-plus coaches that they've already had interviewed for this job. It's because they didn't have any second interviews posted, more than likely. This was the interview that was posted. This is the one they wanted all along. I mean, I think, you know, there's been a ton of reports, a ton of smoke about this for a very, very long time. And, uh, you know, despite our pessimism as Charger fans, it does seem like that is becoming more of a reality. One, the thing is, is last week what we heard from Adam Schefter is we heard late in the week the deal was going to get done, right? So it's like it still hasn't crossed that threshold, but like, from everyone talking on Tuesday, it felt like, hey, it's getting closer and closer to this deal going down. And I think when you're looking at it and looking at the importance of how long it's taking and why it hasn't happened yet, I think the main thing is just to keep in mind is, okay, hey, it could start again tomorrow morning. Like they could pick up where they left off. They were out late. And I think the main thing here, David, is just the only team that we know that wants a second interview and has asked for a second interview with Jim Harbaugh is the Atlanta Falcons. There hasn't been any reputable reports on when that meeting is going to happen, but I think it's like, okay, that would be a little bit more panic time. It's like, hey, get this done. Don't let him get to that meeting with the Falcons. Absolutely not. I mean, it, it, by all accounts, it seems like you know the Chargers wined and dined with, with Jim Harbaugh, and hopefully, you know, they got the deal done, and they're just waiting to announce it. But by by no means should they allow Jim Harbaugh to attend a second meeting with the Falcons. It, it just cannot happen. I mean, if you're serious about getting this done, if if you are really are wanting to push all your chips into that Jim Harbaugh, you know, center of the table, then you need to do it. You know I mean, at, at this point, uh, anything that does not result in the Chargers consummating a deal with Jim Harbaugh is, is not something that anybody wants to see yeah. because this is what it is. I mean, I think that this is what it needs to be. I think the Chargers know that. I think the Chargers fans know that. I think the Chargers are aware that the fans want that as well. Hopefully, Everyone gets what they want and they get this done because the anxiety is very, very high at this point in time. I'm feeling it just like all of you. Yeah, I mean, it's at a fever pitch right now. And like 
Like I texted you earlier, like losing him to Michigan is one thing. We always yeah. knew that was a possibility, right? Losing yeah. him to Michigan is a gigantic punch in the gut, for lack of a better term, yeah. right? Losing him to the Falcons, though, that's unforgivable. Oh, like, yeah. That, that's the ultimate loss. Like, if you lose him because you couldn't persuade him to do it and you have another NFL team that's persuading him to make the leap, that's the ultimate disaster. And it looked like... If you want to lose all of the faith that your fan base has in your organization, then that's what you do. You let Jim Harbaugh walk out of this building and go to the Falcons and attend another meeting and allow them to hire him. If that happens, yeah. then you're you're not going to get any kind of support i mean you, like we've said before the the pitchforks and and the torches will be out yeah. in full force uh, it, it will be a a murder scene uh, that that is catast like catastrophic you just you just don't want to let that happen with this situation yeah and like in reality if he does go take the meeting with the falcons it doesn't necessarily mean the chargers are out of it right but the thing is is they've I'm pretty sure fulfilled all their Rooney rule requirements now. So like if you let him get to that meeting, you're taking the chance that they don't let him out of it yeah. and you don't get a third crack at it. No. You're getting a second crack at it right now. I don't know if you're going to get a third crack at it. So I right. think that's why it's a little bit more panic. If that meeting happens between him and the Falcons at this point, it's still very much up in the air and it still feels like, Hey, this is very, very close to getting done. But we did have big news that Tom Telesco, after interviewing with the Raiders, and we kind of thought, yeah, get intel on the Chargers and their roster and all those things. It makes sense. End up going, you know, with the guy that you already have in the building at GM, or maybe you go with Ed Dodds. None of those things happened. The Raiders actually went and, and got Tom Telesco as their general manager. How did Tom Telesco get a second chance so quickly? I'm not sure, but we're all going to laugh about that and much more coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about Prize Picks, which is daily fantasy sports made easy. With Prize Picks, all you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less than their projected stats, and place your entry. The more entries you hit on, the more you win. If you can hit on six of them on the same entry, you can win 25 times your money. Prize Picks always offers great promotions. They have one really good one going on right now because they have Christian McCaffrey at 0.5 rushing yards this weekend. That means for one of your selections, you can have Christian McCaffrey going for more than or less than half a rushing yard. I, I, that seems pretty doable to me. So all you would have to do is find one more player, pick their projection, go more than or less than, and you can win just like that. That is the great thing about price picks, right? You're not going lineup for lineup and potentially having a lot of the same players. It's you versus their projections, and you get to pick out the best matchups you want. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. You put $100 in, they will match that at pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Promo code LockedOnNFL. Pricepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. David, we wanted to get into a Chargers mailbag, especially because we didn't know what was going to happen today. And we know there's been a lot of Jim Harbaugh talk, but we have a lot more on today's show, especially about the future, what the Chargers will do in the draft, and what else is going on around the league, like the Raiders signing Tom Telesco, which is <laughs> hilarious. But this is what we have here from Bolt Fan LBC. Do you think that Tom Telesco will do better with Mark Davis's money? What do you think, David? Absolutely not, because money has nothing to do with what the general manager is going to be doing, because guess what? Every team in the NFL is subject to a salary cap, so everyone's going to be fighting under the same constraints, and when you look at what the general manager's aspects of that job that you can control, we all know what his track record has been. Tom Telesco has hit pretty well on his first, some second-round picks, 
but the mid round picks, the late round picks have been unmitigated disasters. He just he has not been able to hit at a high enough rate to be able to keep, you know, the the depth of the football team flowing and we saw that for the better part of a decade. And also, you know, we know that he's not an aggressive GM. He just do- he doesn't make trades whether it's in season, whether it's out of season, whether it's at the draft. He he doesn't really do that. He's just not that aggressive of a GM. So, uh, I don't really think that it matters that he's going to the Raiders and, and the, the rich owner, uh, Mark Davis, with the, the weird haircut. Yeah, I mean, I think that for that specific question, it has a lot more to do with how much you think John Spanos, the Chargers president of football operations, the son of the owner, was involved in the day-to-day operations and the personnel that was on the roster, right? Because I think if you're saying, hey, can he be better? I think you would say, hey, can he be better if Mark Davis meddles less than John Spanos did, right? And we'll never know the true level of that. But I mean, I think if you're looking at, you know, being aggressive, he did trade, but he almost always traded up in the draft and it almost never worked out. It didn't work. I mean, (laughs) the guys that he traded up for were Manti Teo, Jeremiah Tauchu, Melvin Gordon and Kenneth Murray. Like none of those guys ended up living up to their potential or getting anywhere near justifying trading up for those guys. So he was aggressive in all the wrong ways. And then combine that with no division titles, three playoff appearances and only two wins and 11 games under 500 for his career. The fact that he's getting another job so quickly is crazy. And I totally understand the John Spanos of it all because yeah, Yeah. John Spanos definitely could have meddled, especially in the draft potentially. Right. And, And had, you know, a say there, but like the thing is, is I don't feel like John Spanos was getting super, you know, invested in strong arming Tom Telesco into making, you know, three running back choices in the fourth round, right? Like that seems unlikely. And that's where the problem was like the top end guys, this team got, especially in the first round, he had a very, very good hit rate. That just is what it is. The problem is, is you never had the depth. You never had the foresight to fix problems before they came up to have guys ready to take in bigger roles or take on bigger roles after your big money guys that you were going to lose in free agency or had you sign do the biggest contracts in NFL history came up, right? You never had a backup plan and you never had a depth to survive the injuries that you had. I mean, I think you could also say, you know, got a lot of guys that got injured all the time. And I think the facilities and a lot of those things can play into that. Right. And he's going to have good facilities. He never really had that when he was with the chargers. And I think all of those things are fair. Right. But I'm not just going to say, Hey, this guy's going to go do something incredible because he's not with the chargers anymore. I just don't think that's how it works. And I didn't think he was a good GM for a long, long time now. So let's get to the last first round pick he made, right? Ollie is asking us a question today from Twitter. And he asked, do you think that Quentin Johnston can take a second year leap and become a solid wide receiver too? David, that seems like a little bit of a leap to me. Yeah. I mean, I think it is a little bit of a leap for sure, but uh, I think it's important to understand that Quentin Johnston was not used properly last year in this offense. I, I think Honestly, the the comp that I have for the way his role should be is Corderell Patterson. I mean, a guy that you get the ball in his hands in space, you let him make people miss, you know, you, you do a lot of those things that made him very, very successful. And, and I think that's how you put him in positions to win. You don't, you know, you, he, you, he is who he is. You don't put him in positions where he can't excel. He's not a deep ball threat. That's not what you do with him. And the Chargers tried to do that with him way too much. You have to put him in a position to succeed. And hopefully, you know, if Jim Harbaugh is the coach here, he can do that a little bit more effectively, get him in those positions to where he can get out in space, he can make those plays, because that's the type of receiver he is. Use him in the way that he was most effective. That's how you get the most out of Quentin Johnson. As far as wide receiver two, 
I don't know if I can do that. I don't think I can see that at this point in time. Well, I think the thing about wide receiver, too, is you have to look at the gap between him and the current wide receiver, too. And I think there's, you know, a very big gap between him and Joshua Palmer, who's going to go into that, you know, depending on whether it's Mike Williams or Keenan Allen that leaves in this offseason. I doubt it's both of them. Right. But Josh Palmer is probably slotted in at wide receiver two next season. Keenan Allen likely to be wide receiver one. If you take someone like Malik Neighbors, is he going to be able to crack the top three at that point? Right. Like. So there's a lot of things to think of. I mean, can they can he be used a lot better? Can he turn into a much better player? Yes. It, does it happen a lot? No. Did the Chargers have one on their actual roster right now that it happened with? Yes, with Mike Williams. And you saw him yeah. get used better. You saw him get a lot better after his rookie season, right? But I do think, yeah. yeah, hey, Jim Harbaugh should have a better idea of how to use Quentin Johnson. He got absolutely torched by Quentin Johnson in the college football playoffs, especially yeah. on that, you know, 65-yard touchdown or whatever it was yeah. when TCU took out Michigan before getting smoked in the national championship game. So I, I think it could happen that he gets a lot better, but like it, we'll see what this room looks like. It's yeah. hard to see him as a wide receiver too right now, but it doesn't mean he can't have a role. It doesn't mean he can't be a lot better, but let's get to this question from Josh Alvarez who asked, what's the running back situation going into next year? Well, David, I'm glad he brings it up because running back is another place where outside of getting Austin Eckler, you know, in undrafted free agency, that's a, a place where Tom Telesco took a lot of swings and he missed a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was horrible. I, I mean, the, the running back situation, he, he took multiple cracks at, at it. I mean, whether it was Larry Roundtree, whether it was Joshua Kelly, whether it was Isaiah Spiller, who couldn't even really get active on game days, it was a big failure. And, and honestly, I think this running back room is going to look completely different. I mean, the only running back that's under contract for next season is Isaiah Spiller. And I don't think there's a guarantee that he would be on the roster next year. I think there is a very strong chance that the running back room looks completely different with all new running backs in that room next season. Absolutely. I mean, and also he had the worst free agent running back signing, in my opinion, in, in Chargers history with Donald Brown. That was oh God, disgusting. About that. Came from the Colts, took a Colts running back. It was so, so, like so $20 bad. Million. Traded oh, up for man. Melvin Gordon. Missed on three consecutive day three draft picks, right? We talk about Larry Roundtree, talking about Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller. None of those guys turned into a capable starter or a capable backup. And you took those guys in successive drafts. Like that is swinging and missing at the highest rate, right? That's prime <laughs> first baseman Chris Davis strikeout percentage right there like yeah. that is it can't happen right and and you the, Melvin Gordon was bad all of the guys you drafted after that were bad yeah. Austin Eckwart really really saves the way that this running back class has looked under oh, no Tom Telesco so uh, next year you know like it could be a very very different room I I don't see Austin Eckwart coming back I don't know what Josh Kelly would come back for because that still never clicked he had one big run basically all season yeah. and never found consistency outside of that and two different staffs basically told you Isaiah Spiller wasn't good enough to be up on game days for yeah. two seasons right yeah. and that's a fourth round pick yeah it, it's it's in disarray right now but I think with the running back position I think it is somewhat interchangeable right and i think that a lot more to do with their rushing success in 2024 is how they get this offensive line put together the coaching staff that they can bring in for the you know potentially run game coordinator and things like that whoever this offensive coordinator is going to be i think all of those will have a huge huge impact not just necessarily who they're going to have personnel wise at the running back position but we also know that Gerald Elver at the tight end position is likely going to be gone in 2024, meaning the Chargers have a huge gap at that on their roster. Will they take Brock Bowers? 
Will they trade back and then get Brock Bowers in a best of both worlds type of scenario? We're going to get into that coming up right after this. First, though, I need to tell you guys about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And the best part is, you're not ever going to miss out because with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right, David. Well, let's get into the rest of this Chargers mail back here. And we have some really, really good questions and a voicemail I want to get into as well. But it starts with someone asking a very, very tough question because the Chargers could go a lot of ways with the fifth overall draft pick. And that is going to be huge as the Chargers reshape this roster. And we know it needs some reshaping. Whoever they take and how they go about using that fifth overall pick is going to be crucial for their 2024 success and their future success as well. But I do need to tell you guys, make sure you're checking out Locked On Sports Today, the first ever 24-7 sports streaming channel, getting news from all over every sports league from all of the Locked On sports experts. The only way that you can cover all these local markets is if you have someone in these local markets. And Locked On Sports Today keeps you up to date, so make sure you guys subscribe to that, the first ever 24-7 live streaming sports show. But... Lewis Benson asked, David, is the best case scenario for the Chargers to trade down three or four spots and then take Brock Bowers? What do you think? I mean, if that scenario is something that can play out, then of course. I mean, that would yeah. be phenomenal. If you're able to get a generational talent at the tight end position after you missed out on one of the best tight end draft classes in the last decade, yep. Yep. then yep. yeah, I mean, that's magic. I, I would absolutely love that. You're telling me that I can get one of the best players at his position and still pick up extra picks and be able to and you know handle and address other yeah. positions of need on my team then yes sign me up i'm i'm doing that 9 times i'm doing that 10 times out of 10 i'm doing it 11 out of 10 every single time yeah i mean obviously the big problem is is like there's no way if you do trade back you can guarantee it right, right which exactly. is why it's such a hard decision to do because you have multiple elite offensive weapons that are going to be sitting there at five that are going to be super hard to pass up and oh, i do yeah. think that yeah that is best case scenario right get the best tight end in the draft and extra picks so with those extra picks you can go and fill holes that you have at cornerback at offensive line right so you don't feel like you're putting all of your eggs necessarily even in the brock bowers basket because it is at the fifth overall pick it does feel a little rich yeah. that is very high to take a tight end the track record for taking first round tight ends is very, very spotty, right? With the Kyle Pitts of the world. But then you also have the TJ Hawkinses of the world, who was like the best tight end in football this year before he got hurt. And yep. you also saw last year Dalton Kincaid, a first round pick that played pretty well. Sam Laporta, taken very early in the second round, played very, very well and was one of the best tight ends in the NFL this year. So yeah. I, I think it's great because David, it also gives you, you know, potentially like we talked about the other day, your version of George Kittle, Kelsey Laporta, or Mark Andrews to combine with Justin Herbert for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean that's something that I desperately want. I mean, and and that's something that I kind of grew up watching when I watched Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates, yeah, be, just absolutely destroy everybody week in and week out and just uh, just dominate people. I mean, I remember 
the, the game against Seattle where Antonio Gates caught three touchdowns and they just couldn't guard him. Like, he, yeah. he was completely unguardable. That was the That's, prime Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks, too. That was exactly nobody expected the Chargers to win that game. No, they didn't. And Antonio Gates and Phillip Rivers were on a different level that day. I mean, the, yeah. the communication was was unbelievable. It was unspoken. Like, they were, you know, they were just in such a zone. It was so fun to watch. I want to see what Justin Herbert can do with a premium tight end because that arm talent is some of the best in the NFL. It's something, some of the best we've ever seen, quite frankly. So pairing Justin Herbert with his ability with a tight end that can really just sense those soft spots and get open and be an inviting target to your quarterback, be that security blanket, that safety blanket. Yes, I I, want to see it. It needs to happen. I feel like it's one of the missing uh, elements of this Chargers offense that we just have not seen to its fullest potential. And the other thing is, he's the one really elite offensive weapon that you have right now is Keenan Allen. And he's getting up there, right? Like Josh Palmer has one more year on his contract left, right? Who is the other standout offensive weapon that you have? Assuming that Mike Williams is probably going to get cut, right? You don't play him for the future. Get someone that can be, you know, Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates or any of the other great combinations that you can think of. But a lot of these great quarterbacks had great tight ends. And Brock Bowers, even though it's hard to take a tight end in the first round, he feels like he transcends that. And so did Kyle Pitts and, and some of the other guys as well, right? But, man, it would be hard to pass up on him because he's just that good. But the Chargers wouldn't be in this mess if they had just taken a tight end in the 2023 draft class when we were banging the table for them to take one because things could have been a lot different. Daniel, David, Vegas, Chris here, and every day, love your guys' show and the content. Thank you. Question for you is after watching the Bills lose to the Chiefs and Dalton Kincaid be Josh Allen's only weapon, I can't help but wondering what he would have looked like in a Chargers uniform this year paired with Gerald Everett. And we know how Kellamore loves to use that two tight end set. So wanted to get your opinion on how maybe the season would have looked and have been different potentially by drafting Dalton Kincaid. Thanks, guys. As far as, like, how it would have changed 2023, I mean, I'm not going to say that having him, you know, gets the charge to the playoffs or something like that because it's like, hey, we did, you know, you never know what happens with Justin Herbert. Does he get hurt? Does Mike Williams get hurt? All of those things. What it would have given you, though, hey, is, hey, even you, you have, you know, a guy that you took that had to kind of take time and be groomed and you weren't expecting to have a huge role right away with Quentin Johnston with the other three receivers you had in front of him. With Dalton Kincaid, you would have had somebody that you could use with those guys also still on the field, right? And I think the other thing is, is it gives you a more versatile look at the offense, whether you want to go two tight ends or not. You know, Dalton Kincaid is yeah. not going to blow anyone out of their shoes as far as a run blocker go. He's capable of doing that, right, and can bring a little bit. But it gives you another really solid, very capable receiving option. It gives you more versatility, and I think it would have given the Chargers a more balanced offense had they done it. And going forward, David, I think the more important part of this is just like, hey, if you had Dalton Kincaid on your roster right now, you would at least have the tight end position figured out because with Quentin Johnston, it feels like you don't fully have the receiver situation figured out, and you definitely don't have the tight end situation figured out. Yeah, definitely it limits your options the way things are currently constructed. Obviously, I wanted Zay Flowers. That was my number one option. But my number two option was Dalton Kincaid. I I did like that idea. Dalton Kincaid was one of the best pure pass catchers 
in the entire draft. I mean, just regardless of, of position, this was a guy that always got open and he had a fantastic rookie year. This guy caught 73 passes this season for 673 yards and, yeah, that's crazy. and two touchdowns. Like that's, that's a ton of production. He had four games of 75 plus receiving yards this season. I mean, th- this guy is a legit weapon. I mean, it definitely would have been very exciting to see him in that chargers offense, see what he was capable of doing. I don't think it would have such a, a, a an, an, incredible impact that it would really change the course of this season just because there were so many other issues that yeah. led the Chargers down the path of 5-12. and 12. It wasn't just the fact that they missed out on getting a generational tight end. Yeah, exactly. And I think it just would have made you feel a lot better about where you are roster construction standpoint at this point because you would have at least had that big giant need figured out because it doesn't feel like Gerald Everett's someone that they're going to be able to afford in free agency. So now it's just one of the many holes that have been left on this roster. One of the many reasons you would consider trading back, especially if you could still fill that hole with a tight end and have more picks, more capital to go get other guys. But it could have been avoided had you gotten, you know, someone like a Dalton Kincaid in round one in 2023. But a lot of decisions are going to have to be made. And I think who the next head coach is going to be is going to have a big kind of impact on the way we look at who they could take with that fifth overall pick. And it feels like the next time we talk to you guys, it could be announcing that the Chargers have found their next head coach. So make sure you're subscribing to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. And also on our social media, you can find me and David on Twitter at DanTalkSports for me and SD for David. We will both be freaking out on there when this move happens potentially because, hey, you could be getting back-to-back shows pretty close together if this Jim Harbaugh deal happens in the morning. And it does feel like, David, the next time we're talking, it's going to be about that. So fingers crossed. We're still waiting. Be patient. Not time to freak out yet. There will be plenty of time to freak out and revolt and riot if it doesn't happen, right? But it still feels like things are going in the right direction. And I can't wait to be on the live show with you guys here talking about it as soon as that news breaks. So make sure you guys are back here for that. I think it's going to be happening tomorrow because it is your team every day. So you know we will be here. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.